Welcome back to the Family Movie Night podcast. Uh, in honor of us talking today about a both hilarious but also heartwarming movie uh, called Hunt for the Wilder People, which takes place in uh, the bush of New Zealand is what they call it, their wilderness out there. Uh, Donnie, why don't you tell us what is one movie location that you would love to live in and it could be real or fictional new zealand is a real place believe it or not uh but where where would you want to live okay um when you said new zealand and australia like when i thought of australia and i don't want to go there because all their animals are as big as me so I, no that's no well, and even me. the tiny ones are more deadly than anything it's exactly. like the, it's the place that god said i'm gonna make this place you shouldn't live here that in Nova Scotia. They're on the opposite sides. Exactly. So I uh, wouldn't go there. Uh, I think they're beautiful places. I'm just fearful of I wouldn't survive. But if I were going to go somewhere, I think it would be Pandora, like uh, from Avatar. Because yeah. I love the livelihood of like in the vividness of everything. Floating in- mountains. Everything. is just It's just so, like everything is so, like, I can't even grasp it with words. It's just amazing to just. Yeah, there's a lot of like. In whatever they call it, phosphorescent or whatever, where the plants like glow and the living things glow. They're floating mountains where soon we're going to get to see what the underwater parts of Pandora look like in Avatar 2. (laughs) So uh, I was about to say, doesn't the sequel come out later this year? Who knows? They keep saying, I I don't know. Don't, don't, don't speak that into existence. We don't know when it's, we don't know when it's actually coming out. Uh, You've already seven years later. (laughs) Yes. Uh, You've already heard from, of course, the villain of our podcast, which in this case is our power hungry child welfare services, uh, (laughs) villain (laughs) Sawyer Hewlett. Uh, what, what, what place you want to live, man? Gotta be the Millennium Falcon. I wanna, I wanna be, I wanna be a smuggler living on the Millennium Falcon, riding with my my dog-inspired co-pilot. Okay, that's that's all that I want for my life. Okay, that sounds like the good life to me. All right, I think you're a little too villainous to live there, but that's all right. That's all right. Hey, uh, my option had always either been uh, the uh, Tarok Nor, or of course. Deep Space Nine from Star Trek, Deep Space Nine. That would be my answer. Or uh, I would say Hogwarts Castle would be pretty great. It's a place where you can go to school, learn a lot of knowledge, and your life be constantly in danger at the age of 12. (laughs) How have they not shut down this place? All right. That's where the child welfare services, do they not have, do they not have magical child welfare services that are showing up like no child left behind, you know, showing up (laughs) to take Harry Potter away from Dumbledore. Uh, Dude, you just took this kid to a cave. You can't just take a kid to a cave to drink a terrible liquid. That's going to poison you. What's wrong with you? Dumbledore. Welcome to the Family Movie Night podcast, where we want to help you have better conversations with your children around the content you consume. My name is Nathan, and as always, I am joined by uh, the villain of our podcast, Sawyer Hewlett, and the hero of our podcast, Donnie Dorsey. Once again, we are not joined by uh, Heidi Cooper, our wonderful co-host. She is not feeling well. I promise uh, she is okay. 
but she just cannot join us today. Uh, and I know she's missing out because we we have watched a wonderful movie that we think uh, your older children. This is a PG thirteen movie. Uh, I would say that you know it kind of straddles the line of maybe middle school. I think probably are, are fine with it. Once again. My children watch this movie, but there certainly are some adult themes in this movie, and you'll know this just by the plot description. Uh, this movie is called Hunt for the Wilder People. It is available on Netflix. Um, it is about Ricky Baker, who is a uh, child who is often described as a juvenile delinquent uh, who was abandoned by his mother and is taken by child welfare services uh, to live in a remote farm with a foster aunt, uh, Bella Faulkner and her husband, the cantankerous, I love that word, Southern man, H Hector. Uh, and uh, Hector's a little distant from Ricky. Uh, Bella quickly embraces him, but then there's a tragedy. Bella dies in the first like 20 minutes of this movie. And uh, Ricky is going to be kind of reclaimed by child welfare services. He's not going to be allowed to live with Hector. Ricky runs away. Hector goes after them, and they uh, they actually have to go on the run together for various reasons in the kind of wilderness of New Zealand, uh, and they grow closer together. And it's very heartwarming, very funny, uh, but because of some of the themes of this movie, you might want to only watch this with your teenagers, but we think it's a great movie to do that. Before we get into that, Donnie, why don't you tell them what we do on this podcast? That's right. On this podcast, we encourage every family at Community Christian Church to have a monthly movie night to help you and your children build memories, start conversations that matter. The goal of our family ministry is to help you raise your children to love Jesus and his way of life above all other things. And we know that critical to that is for you to have a routine, regular time of connection and shared experiences that help you build stronger relationships. And, uh, you know, movie nights are just a great opportunity to do that because movies are not, we don't think they're just an easy way to uh, share laughter, joy, and even fear and sadness in a safe environment, but they also give us a chance to talk about what matters uh, to us in, in a way that's meaningful and, and memorable with our kids. And, and on this podcast, we, we want to not only recommend some of the movies that you could watch on your monthly movie night, but uh, give you some ideas of meaningful conversations that you could have with your kids during or after the movie. And as always, the point of this podcast is not to add another thing to your list of things as a parent you feel guilty about not doing. We want to make it easier for you and your family to be together and to share your love of Jesus with them in a way that is memorable and meaningful to them. And we actually want to hear from you. Is there a movie that you've really wanted us to discuss, but we haven't brought it up yet? Well, in the link in the description of this video or on our podcast feed, uh, you'll see a form called What We Are Missing. And if you have a movie you want us to discuss, or if there's something that we we already talked about the movie, but you felt like we didn't do a great job and you want us to talk about something else from it, send that in. If you got a comment or a question, let us know. We want to know who's out there. We want to know how we can serve you better. So please contribute to the conversation by filling out that form. Well, let's talk about this movie first. Just uh, wh what's good about this movie? What do we think families will enjoy about this movie? Uh, this is, once again, Hunt for the Wilder People. It's available on Netflix. It came out in 2016, directed by uh, Taika Waititi, who is a New Zealand uh, New Zealander, I think is how it is. Uh, you refer to someone from New Zealand, and he is a director, done a lot of great movies, uh, did an MCU movie, Thor Ragnarok. And uh, this movie is very funny. It's very uh, kind of endearing. These are the kind of movies that when I was 11 or 12, we used to watch in my home all the time where it's a little irreverent. 
it's very funny, but it's also just very heartwarming and you, and you feel good by the end of it. So, uh, I think that families, especially with uh, middle school, high schoolers, older, maybe elementary age kids would really enjoy this, um, enjoy this movie uh donnie what did you think was this your first time seeing this movie it was the first time i I got a chance to watch this movie and i enjoyed it i think um it definitely has like you said it's definitely for the older like older elementary middle school and above um just because of some of the themes in it but um it's comical um there's a lot of heart in the comedy and so there's so much to take from it so i mean i think it's definitely a great watch and I think we bring this up all the time, but I always like to say, if you're, if you're wondering what we mean by themes and content and that kind of stuff, you can always go to either uh, IMDB has a parent's guide that'll kind of go through what is like the sexual content, the violent content, the language, and you can kind of see specifics of what is mentioned, and that may help you kind of make a decision for you and your kids what what is the conversations um, and the kind of content around it. So, uh, Sawyer. I think this is also your first time seeing this particular movie. Uh, what did you think yep. of it? Uh, I really liked it. Um, I It's funny. I am a big fan of Taika Waititi. So this was kind of like a, a, a blotch on my, I need to watch this because I've seen all of his other films and I've, I've loved every single one of them. Um, and so uh, I really like this movie. Um, it, great comedic timing. Um, and also like, you know, the two main characters are just so endearing uh, to the audience. I think they, they do it. Taika Waititi does a great job of putting you in their situation and making their situation one that you would be glad to be in, you know, like it, the, it does a, the movie does a good job of kind of just like naturally sinking you into the New Zealand bush with them and stuff like that and making their lives weirdly not miserable is the thing even though if if i like describe their situation to you you'd be like oh my gosh that sounds horrible but uh but i i I just i really enjoyed this movie the uh the the general aesthetic new zealand is gorgeous in this movie uh this is this is like lord of the rings in that it's an excellent advertisement for the country of new zealand yeah well, so yeah, I think we would all recommend this movie, especially if you're looking for something that's that's funny and is moving uh, and emotional. I think your family will really enjoy this. But more important, we think there's some really good conversations to have around this movie. So we want to have those right now. What are what are the themes of this movie? And um, the, the kind of theme we want to hit on, the kind of conversations we think you can have is, this is a movie that's a lot about second chances. Um, it's a movie that uh, is about people who are all looking for second chances and um, who have to give themselves second chances. And obviously, for believers, for Christians, for kingdom people, we are a people of the second chance. Not only has God given us a second chance, but he calls us to give other people a second chance, and that the church is a community of second chances. So second chances are just really important for us to talk to our kids about. And so to give you a little bit more plot and how this kind of plays out, Ricky Baker is a kid who um, he kind of himself feels labeled as he's a bad kid. Um, he was abandoned by his mother and that already brings a lot of thoughts into his mind of, of, does that mean I'm bad that, that she, she would choose to give me up in this way. And there's a lot of mystery around why she did that, that he, he, he's not sure of. And so it's just kind of like a, did she just not love me or not like me? And so he already feels kind of labeled as a bad egg in that way. But also the child welfare services uh, officer who is uh, kind of the villain of the movie 
she is constantly referring to him. I mean, I bet seven or eight times in the movie refers to him as a bad egg and lists out all of his kind of crimes, the way that he has acted out his behavior. And she is unwilling to give him a second chance. She basically says at the beginning of the movie, hey, he's probably only going to last a week or two here and then we're going to have to move him on because he's never going to get better. There's nothing you can do. But then he interacts with this foster care um this mother, they call them, I understand, in New Zealand, not foster mothers, but foster aunts. And so she's kind of the foster aunt in this situation. And she is constantly giving him second chances, and he moves to that. And so, Donnie, can you talk a little bit about this idea of how do we talk to our kids when they watch this movie, especially our teenagers, about how God wants to redefine our identity and kind of God gives us a second chance and we have to allow ourselves to take that second chance. You kind of brought that up before. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I'll start with kind of like giving you like the setup of like where the plot point where I was talking about is that, so, you know, he meets his family. One of the characters, the, um, the aunt is Bella and Bella has like, is definitely one of those very warm, welcoming individuals. And so Ricky being, having experienced all the things he has, he doesn't really expect that anybody wants him. He always feel he feels like he's just going to be thrown back, you know, kind of so to speak. But one of the best things that was really cool was that Ricky tried at the beginning to run away. And you know, so he falls asleep when he after he runs away and when he wakes up there's Bella sitting there not judging him, not trying to tell him, "Hey, you did a wrong thing." Going all right, so uh, you ready to go back and have breakfast? You know, and like that love, and that reminds me of how Jesus pursues us, even when we try to run, or even when we get far away, Jesus is like, yes. I'm still going to come to find you. Like the idea of the sheep, like, you know, it's like, yeah, the 99 are okay, but I have this one sheep I need to go pursue because they need me right now. You know, mm -hmm. kind of like the idea of the doctor, you like the person that's sick needs the doctor, not the people that are well. Yeah. You know, and I think in that Jesus helps us to fight, like it's that reminder that Jesus gives us our identity and yeah. that in that second chance, it's not that, hey, we're not the mistakes that we made or the past that we have. We're everything that Jesus loves about us, which is we just want to he wants to redeem us and bring us back to him, you know, and not yeah. change per se all the wrong but help us to understand that the mistakes are not who we are. It's the thing that we did and we can move forward from that. And it's like, when you get that from there, you see that Ricky embraces that, you know, and that's what as Christ followers, we should embrace that idea of having a second chance being our identity, you know, the identity of, Hey, you know, I'm not the mistakes I made. I'm loved by Jesus. And that's what matters. Yeah. And when we pursue in that identity, as opposed to the identity of like, hey, I did all these horrible things or I did things that made people think I'm a bad kid or a bad apple, you know, then we start seeing that there are possibilities, there's hope for change and growth and so much more. And, and Donnie, like if I can piggyback off of that for a sec, like what I love about that idea is like, when she goes away, when auntie goes away is the thing, the impact that she's had on Ricky is unmovable. And so he actually is able to sort of continue the mission of, of auntie with uncle is the thing. And so like her impact on like, keep like aggressively show grace and stuff like that. 
uh, continues on even after she's gone. So I, I couldn't agree more, Donnie. That, that it's awesome. Oh yeah. That's that's totally a great point. Like, cause I love, I didn't even think about that in that context, but like, yes, he does. He takes on that role that she was for him. And I think that's like the same thing we do with like as Christ followers, when we have been through our things, we should then take that so we can show someone else that same love. And then we spread that love and it becomes part of spreading God's love through someone else first showing us love, you know, cause it's the idea of, you know, God loved me first, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. going to show exactly. you the love that God gave me. Well, and I hope that God writes me an awesome birthday song like she did for Ricky. <laughs> just yeah. the, just the best birthday song in the world. Ricky Baker. That's just the best. Oh my gosh. That's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. I think it's the scene that auto plays when you go on Netflix. So if you just want to go to Netflix, I, at least it was on mine. So maybe, maybe the algorithm just knows me so well, but, uh, <laughs> Anyway, absolutely wonderful. Well, and you're and you're totally right, Donnie. This is a way for us to talk about with our kids. Um, you know, and inevitably we have kids who, for whatever reason, maybe for mistakes they've made in the past, maybe it's because of their behavior at school or something else. They kind of see themselves as I'm a bad kid and I'm only deserving of bad things, and I got to act this way. And it isn't until they embrace that God loves me and God has given me this new identity. Right? I think it's in First Corinthians where Paul lists off, you know, these people, these kinds of people won't inherit the kingdom of God. You know, the 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 liars and the you know the sexually immoral, and he lists all these things. And he says, and that's what you were at one point, but that is not who you are anymore. And I think that idea is huge of acknowledging, yes, you did bad things. And God, the fact that Jesus has to die acknowledges that you did bad things, but that isn't who you are anymore. When you choose to accept God's love, when you choose to be a part of his family, right, in this in this context, well, and in the context of the family of the church, you get to be a, a part of a community of second chances, and you're a new creation. So I think that's huge, Donnie. And that also kind of segues nicely into the thing um, Sawyer was wanting to talk about from this movie is that one of the themes in this movie is that the entire world not only rejects uh, Ricky, we find out later in the movie that both um, both Hector and Bella did not come from good family situations either and that they have felt rejected their whole life. And Hector in this in this situation has becomes a fugitive. So both... Hector and Ricky are just seen as these evil people throughout the movie. Um, and what I, I, I heard Sawyer say he wanted to talk about was this idea that um, that the church should be the opposite of this, of a place that no matter what you've done, you're not rejected. You are accepted for this new identity you have in Christ. So do you want to talk about that of what Donnie's already, Donnie's already teed it up, right? This is God's acceptance towards yeah. us. And now we have to extend mm-hmm. that acceptance within the church. Yeah. And, and what the movie does is it drives home this idea of one, like what the world, like the, what the world does shouldn't dictate how you live your life and stuff like that. So we see, even though they're being hunted, they still help people and stuff like that. And they love each other. And, uh, and they, they, they aggressively, uh, like love each other in, in, in good ways and stuff like that. And so, um, this, this idea that these two characters are being rejected by the world, but embrace each other is so biblical, I think, because, you know, as Christ followers there, uh, I cannot remember where in the gospels he says this, 
But he says that if you follow me, the world will reject you. And he says that everywhere, but he certainly says they, you know, the world will reject you because they rejected me first. Uh, he he does yes, exactly. that you should rejoice when when you are rejected because they rejected me first. Exactly. And and like at the end of the movie, what I love is, you know, they've both like, for lack of a better term, like served their time. Like the movie ends like it nearly ends with them, like just straight up losing the battle and stuff like that. But it kind of does like a time jump to I'm, it doesn't say how long it's been. I'm guessing like a year, maybe. And uh and uh, and they they actually go back and they live with someone that they met earlier in the movie and they get to just continue loving each other. And it's not with someone who's going to be like a traditional family and stuff like that. That's going to provide a stable living environment for Russell or for Ricky. Goodness. Um, but uh, but no, I, I just I love this idea that. You know, if we are to love people always and stuff like that, then that might mean that our community might look really different. Sometimes it might not look very traditional and stuff like that. So I, and this movie drives that home really well. Yeah. And to piggyback off that a little bit, I love the fact that what you're saying is that it's the idea that love will change the world more than anything else. Because like you said, Mm. as they're traveling and they're encountering people, they are doing good things, not because they have to, but because they've chosen to, and that's what they're doing. And yeah. as they do it, they're making impact in the world, maybe not in big, magnanimous, over big overtures, but in these small moments. And what ends up happening is it comes back. Mm-hmm. It comes back for like, you know, tenfold because they're like, hey, you know, you showed me love when I was at my weakest. You showed me, you helped me when I, you know, it's that idea of like, you know, when you helped the poor, that was me. You helped me. When you helped that person that was hungry, that was me. You know, and that's kind of what happens is they they do all these things, not expecting getting anything in return. And then in return, they get exactly that. They get yeah. someone says, you know what? You need a home. You have one with me. Well, and I think what's huge out of what you guys are talking about to help with our kids to understand is that when we choose to follow Jesus, we we are called into the community of believers and that they won't always look like people we would naturally choose. Um, there are there may be people at school that or, you know, in your on your ball team or something like that, that you would more naturally want to be best friends with, but that you have been called to accept these people who might be unacceptable to you in other ways because they are your brothers and sisters in Christ and teaching our kids the importance of b- belief, uh, be- being a part of the church and being a part of this community of believers where, like Sawyer said, you may look like the most unlikely family in the world, right? Uh, but that doesn't matter. These people don't look like me. They don't always think like me. They don't dress like me. We wouldn't be friends if it wasn't for Jesus. And that Jesus said, it is your love for one another. And when he says that, we've often taken that to say the way we love everyone. And we are called to love everyone. But what Jesus said is the way that the church loves the church will be what you already talked about. It'll be the sign to people on the outside. They will look at, wow, these people really care. They have no reason to be a family. They have no reason to love each other. They have no reason to serve each other. They have no reason to do those things. And these people really care about each other. And so to say to our kids, hey, when you choose to make youth group a priority on Sundays, 
When you choose to make the youth event a priority instead of going to Six Flags, instead of going to do this thing, you are showing to your friends that Jesus matters to you. Because when you don't, what you tell them is, this doesn't really matter to me. Not as much as getting to go to Six Flags. So when you do those kind of things, that's a way to talk about that. So I love that. Uh, and sort of what you were transitioning there to at the end, Donnie, is this is a great way for us to talk about. I think Ricky gives us insight into um, the reputations that people have and about us as believers giving second chances in the sense of not accepting the rumors and the reputation and maybe the first glance judgments we have of the bad kids or the bad people that Jesus teaches us, obviously do not judge. And what he means is don't condemn. He doesn't mean don't be wise. So this isn't to say, Hey, tell your kids, you have to go be um, best friends with a bad influence. Yeah. All right. This isn't saying that you need to tell your kids to go be best friends with a bad influence. What you're trying, I think, to say is you look at Ricky and I said this to my kid, kids. They said, well, he is kind of mean, like he does do some mean stuff. He is doing things that are wrong. Like, you know, he breaks the law. He burns down a shed at one point, not on purpose, but in a hilarious. I guess he thought that that body, that little fake body was just going to burn and not burn <laughs> down the shed. But dude, when he burns down that shed, that's like my favorite part because he just walks away and he looks, he goes, oh, wow that whole thing's on fire yep. uh, but you know he is do he does do bad things right but to learn that that's a shell he has created to protect the real him that he is in in essence saying i would rather you reject this persona i've created so i can convince myself you're not really rejecting me and that that's often what is true about the bad kids the bullies mm -hmm. right the yep. mean kids but also and i'm just thinking because you're talking to your high schoolers that girl that you've heard the rumors about in your school that she does some stuff and, and you've heard rumors that, you know, maybe she's gone too far sexually or, or she dresses a certain way and you have ideas and judgments about the kind of person she is. I know that it took me way too long after high school to realize some of the rumors I heard about the girls that I knew in high school, they were lies. And that uh, that they weren't true. And some of the some of the rumors I heard that were necessarily true, there may be more to the story than I knew. And that as believers, we don't look at someone's sins or rumors of someone's reputation and say, that's all I need to know about you. You went to that party. You did that thing. That's all I need to know. Once again, we're not saying that you have to tell your kids, hey, go hang out with the bad kids. Because I do think it's important when our kids are young to have the conversation about who are you allowing to influence you, right? That you can be friends with someone and not let them influence you, Yeah. right? You can make that choice, but you, you that's a conversation that has to be had. And so what you could do is what we've already talked about, like the thing Sawyer said of, hey, you are accepted in the church, so you don't need to go look for acceptance in other people. So you get your acceptance, your influence from the believers at your church who all value the same thing, but you still need to be loving and accepting and kind, gracious, giving second chances to the kids that you look at and go, man, that kid is mean and they never do their schoolwork right. They seem lazy. They don't ever do this. I know they're doing bad stuff. They're, they're drinking, they're partying, maybe they're, maybe they're already having sex or doing something that you would think is too far sexually, and you have in your head, this is almost an evil, bad person I need to condemn, but to look at them and say, hey, there may be some brokenness you don't see. Now, that's a very complicated conversation to have, but I think it's important that if we want to raise kids who not only accept their second chances, 
but are able to give them is huge. Because here's the truth. I just know this from doing youth ministry. The kids who are the most judgmental of, uh, and I'll say this, the people, adults too, who are most critical and judgmental of other people's mistakes are just as willing to shame themselves for their own mistakes and they can't accept God's grace and love for their own sins when they go too far sexually or when they do some stuff they shouldn't do. And we need to teach our kids, hey, you need to be giving other people second chances because God wants to give you second chances. So I think that's an important conversation to have at it. Once again, it's very complicated, but in middle and high school, uh, the reputation of the bad kids is out there and your kids know who it is and know all the stories and they know the stuff and to teach them, hey, you don't have to go be best friends with this person. You certainly shouldn't let their behavior influence you, but you can be a person who offers grace and mercy, as Donnie already said, just like God has done for you. And it teaches them to be merciful, but they also experience God's mercy for them even more. So, all right. I think this movie, I think we've kind of exhausted all the themes. Was there anything you guys wanted to add on any of the conversations that could be had? No? Okay. Well, let's get no, to it. I think it. we hit it. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of rich stuff in this movie, uh, especially for older kids who are, who are ready for those kind of conversations. So let's kind of wrap everything up here with our uh, bonus round, our lightning round. Anything in the last uh, 60 seconds you have here that you just didn't get a chance to talk about you want to talk about from this movie? Sawyer, go ahead. Yeah, uh, two things. One, uh, the comedic timing in this movie is great. It is a genuinely very funny movie. Goodness, there's a scene where, uh, you know, they're they're in the wilderness uh, because they're the wilder people and uh, and they meet these hunters. And I don't want to say what happens because it's just a genuinely hilarious scene with a great climax. Anyway, um, but also this movie, I really love. It very is um, pro- going outside and being outdoorsy and stuff like that. Oh, sure. Um, and uh, being connected with nature in a good way, in a way that I think it's easy for movies to be cynical about. Um, one of my favorite movies is Jurassic Park, but it's a little bit cynical about nature and stuff like that. Um, whereas this movie is very, um, like, nature is awesome and nature is beautiful and we should be a part of it. And so uh, I love that aspect of the movie. Yeah. I agree. It was, uh, it, it's really funny. It's really funny. I'll say this, that my favorite, uh, so for my 60 seconds before we get to Donnie, my favorite scene in the whole movie, it's my kid's favorite scene too, is uh, the funeral scene, which obviously should be funny, but the minister played by Taika Waititi, absolutely wonderful when he's like telling the story and he goes, you know, and then, so you hear a knock at the door and what's on the other side of that door? And so one kid at the back of the room goes, Jesus! And he's like, no, it's actually another door. Like, and then he goes, what's on the other side of that door? And they don't know. And he goes, um, uh, that one is Jesus. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's absolutely hilarious. He's just brilliant. Always the funniest person in everything he's in. Just great. Uh, Donnie, what about you? 60 seconds. What did we not talk about from this movie? Um, definitely. Like, of course, we talked about like how they encounter different people. But the quirky guy they encountered that lives in the wilderness and like has, he kind of like, thinks things are out to get him so he does certain things like he he tells them to wear certain stuff and he's got this uh he's got this disguise i don't want to give it away because it's a very comical moment he has this disguise that he uses to help them get away and it's it's a hilarious moment 
absolutely hilarious (laughs) yes this movie is just very funny uh very sweet it is definitely worth your time especially if you got older kids and you want something that you both can laugh about together uh and that you also can obviously have these great conversations so we want to wish you guys luck uh, as you have these important conversations with uh, your teenagers uh, about life and love and jesus and help them love jesus and his kingdom even more uh we'll see you guys next time